I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone. This is KSL News Radio's Inside Sources. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to actually do the opposite. We're going to slow it down. We're going to help you separate the rage from the reason. We're going to help you get to the, the real information to help you make the news make sense. Uh, and obviously, the coronavirus continues to be the dominating force uh, across the world and right here at home. Uh, internationally, the Olympics uh, are officially set for July of next year, 2021, and a host of things to get to around that. Uh, nationally, President Trump has extended uh, the the date in terms of social distancing that it will take all the way to the end of April and then, of course, right here at home, a lot of things uh, breaking in terms of Utah's response uh, to all of this. And we're going to keep you up to date on that. And uh, a number of special things we're going to share with you today. Uh, one is coming up at 1135. You don't want to miss this. Uh, I had the chance to uh, do an interview with Coach Mark Pope from BYU uh, late last week. And want to share an excerpt from that uh, with you, uh, talking about the one question that we all have to answer in the face of a big challenge. Uh, he does it in the context of... Uh, what was March sadness for the BYU basketball team. Uh, but it, it's a critical question. You don't want to miss it, so stick around at 1135. Uh, today we'll get to that. Uh, as I mentioned, we've had a, a number of things take place in the state relating to the coronavirus. Uh, the most sad uh, of all, of course, was the passing of uh, Bob Garf, uh, age 77, from the coronavirus. Uh, and uh, I want to welcome into the uh, the show Sherry Dew, who is the Executive Vice President and Chief Content Officer for Deseret Management Corporation, uh, who had a, a special connection uh, to Bob and uh, his role. And while there'll be many things uh, written about Bob and uh, his list of accomplishments is long, 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 uh, but he was a difference maker in many ways. So, Sherry, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Boyd. How are you? Doing well. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe some of the things that we won't see written about Bob in terms of his leadership and his influence. Well, the uh, you know my experience with Bob began in earnest when I was uh, named the president and CEO of Deseret Book Company, and he was chairman of the board of Deseret Book. So he was my boss, and I worked with him uh, at great length. Uh, excuse me, I'm getting a little interaction here from some uh, workers that are in my home. Uh, he was my boss. I worked with him for a number of years, and he was he was remarkable. Remarkable. He's one of the leaders that we all aspire to be, mm. and uh, one of the leaders that we all hope we can become. And he became my boss at a time when, boy, I was a young fledgling. Uh, deer in the headlights CEO trying to figure out how you lead an organization that was in need of a turnaround. And here he was, a very experienced seasoned leader. And he just took me under his wing and helped me in ways that I would have a hard time describing. 
Uh, I, I know one of the things you you wrote a beautiful piece in uh, Deseret News this morning, Deseret dot com, uh, talking about how he infused in you again. You you mentioned you were this young leader in an organization that needed a big turnaround. And one of the things that I think uh, you mentioned that really gave you confidence was just this idea that he was the leader, but he had your back. Tell us about that. He told me from almost the beginning, it was one of the first things I noticed. He said, now, Sherry, just remember, I'll always have your back. And over the next few years, this started in 2002. So we started out with just a legion of problems that had to be resolved about the, the business itself. And we were just getting it into an even playing and getting even playing, getting it profitable, uh, digging out of a big hole it was in, and then the uh, uh, economy goes, you know, into a deep recession. And so there were talk about a roller coaster ride mm-hmm. between 2002 and about 2009. Oh my goodness, it was up and down and up and down. And repeatedly, when we had to give bad news or difficult news to our owner, he was there with me. Well, repeatedly when we had to figure out how do we solve this, how do we approach uh, this particular hurdle, he was there with me, and he was coaching me. He was pushing me even. But I, but I, And I think I put this in, in my tribute, but I never felt pushed. Mm. I felt helped yeah. rather than pushed. And he never made me feel like, you know, too bad you're inexperienced and, uh, and, and not very smart and have never done a turnaround before, and I'm this great titan of industry. He never made me feel that way. He made me feel like we were in the foxhole together and that we were going to fight this battle and we were going to win. And um, it was a remarkable kind of mentoring. I never felt like he was begrudging the fact that he had been saddled with an inexperienced <laughs> CEO. Instead, that he was saying, no, I'm going, to take, I'm going to take Sherry under my wing and we're going to get, we're going to get where we need to go together. Uh, and if I had a dollar for every time he said, I've got your back, yeah, I could go down to any one of his luxury lots and just drive, <laughs> drive the car off off the, off the lot. Uh, it was remarkable. Uh, I love that. If you're just joining us, we have uh, Sherry Dew, who's the Executive Vice President and Chief Content Officer at Desert Management Corp. here, and uh, reflecting on the extraordinary life of Bob Garf, uh, did so many amazing things. Uh, and as you've been talking about this, this idea of having – your back and uh, doing that. It, it, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, funerals are, are different right now. We can't gather the way we normally would. Uh, one great leader once said that we honor best those who have gone before by living our lives with excellence today. Uh, for our listeners, what's the what's the best way to, to honor best uh, the memory of Bob Garf? What kind of leadership should we be living with today? It's such a great question. I have just cried a river at his passing and also just mourned the fact that we can't gather and hear what deserves to be spoken of him, and perhaps that will happen later. I hope it will. But I know that one of the things I've been thinking about is, Sherry, are you intentionally mentoring others where you're in a position now to pass along the kinds of things that Bob taught me and that others like him have taught me and taught me when I was in a vulnerable spot? Um, are you doing the same thing in return? And perhaps that's the best way to honor him is to say, I recognize, I acknowledge to God and to my fellow man how much he helped me, and are there others I can help along in the same way? I think that's the best thing I can do to try to honor his memory at this moment. Oh, fantastic. Sherry, if you haven't read it yet, go up to Deseret.com, 
Uh, Sherry do Bob Garf uh, said he'd always have my back, and he always did. Sherry, thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources. My pleasure, Boyd. Thanks so much. All right. Again, that's Sherry Dew uh, joining us. Some some great insights, some great memories of Bob Garf. Uh, and I, I continue to, to firmly believe that while uh, we will chronicle and we will go through a very long list of extraordinary achievements uh, that Bob had in politics, in the Olympic movement, in business, uh, in community, that, that the real legacy of Bob Garf uh, is not written anywhere except for in the hearts of people, in the minds of people, in the confidence uh, to, you know, to hear uh, Sherry do describe that he always had her back when she was young and, and in a really tough role as a new CEO trying to do a turnaround. Uh, those are, are great, great lessons. And I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg. And there are a lot of people around this state and around the country uh, who would join in. And I hope everybody will take time to write those down. Uh, and share those. And if you have any remembrance of Bob that you want to pass along to us today, do that on our Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. I'd love to to hear just a, a quick quip of uh, something you learned from, from Bob. What's the, the legacy beyond the accomplishments? Let's talk about the influence today uh, because he was truly extraordinary. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, Miles Hansen uh, from the uh, Trade Center Utah World Trade Center Utah will join us talking about the economic impact of the coronavirus and what comes next. What's the strategy? Don't miss this on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.